Welcome to the American Med Spa Podcast, Medical Spa Insider. This week, founder Alex Tiersch is in conversation with Travis Mahan from Advalite. Travis is the Global Sales and Marketing Vice President and Advalite President in the United States. Welcome, everybody. Medical Spa Insider. This is Alex Tiersch, and we are talking... Um, we're talking the laser industry today. Uh, the laser and energy devices are obviously a huge part of what we do. Um, we at, at the boot camps that that Amspa hosts, you know, eight times a year, as well as that medical spa show. Um, one of the things that we're constantly talking to folks about is how do you go about purchasing a laser, and not just obviously the cost. I mean, there's the there's the basic cost, but there's also, you know, ROI. There's how you decide what type of treatment you want. Um, at what point in your practice do you buy a laser? Because these things are obviously um, expensive. Um, do you do it at startup? Do you do other things? We, we are um, lucky enough to have Mr. Travis Mahan, rugby player extraordinaire. I just learned about this the other day, who is, uh, who is not only the, the Advalite Corp, uh, global Sales and, and and Marketing VP, but also the President of Avalite Corp in the United States, and I'm sure I screwed that up, Travis. So so you you, you can correct me on what your 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 title is, but but Advalite is a uh, Danish company that has been in the business for a long time. Um, Travis has been in the aesthetic energy device business for gosh, I want to say is it 15, 16 years? I read something like that. So you've you've definitely been around the block. You know the 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 tricks. We're gonna we're gonna kind of lift the curtain a little bit on on laser device sales um, and 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 figure out kind of what the answer is to some of these questions. Travis, appreciate you joining me. How are you doing? I'm doing great, and I appreciate the uh, appreciate the kind uh, introduction there. Um, yeah, and and you know, so it's interesting. I, I I joined the aesthetics industry twenty plus years ago uh, on the business consulting side. Wow! Actually, so working with a lot of uh, non core physicians, right, um, and helping them transition yeah. uh, into the aesthetic and med spa space. You know, uh, gosh, way back, kind of when the first medical spa kind of boom went, uh, yeah. took off. So. Um, so yeah, I mean, and and my career has it has spanned everything from uh, literally working one on one with with medical spas, and from the how do you merchandise to how do you answer the phone to how do you look at metrics from converting calls to consults, consults to you know paying patients, and and all of those types of metrics we look at internally um, to you know running a forty million dollar company to starting my own distribution, bringing products in from. From Israel, and and then and uh, my latest venture here, I've been with with Advalite for a little over seven years. Awesome. Um, and then we manufacture the Adva TX laser uh, out of Denmark, uh, which is a uh, solid state 589-1319 uh, combo. Not the topic of today's conversation, but uh, <laughs> no, yeah, no, that's, it's that's but it's important. Um, it's important. What what? So tell me, just just give me the kind of thirty second. Um, Reader's Digest version of, of 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 that piece of equipment and what it does and what's kind of its role in the in the whole uh, the whole aesthetic practice. Yeah, so the so the EdvaTX um, really is what we refer to as foundational technology. So okay. essentially, um, if you want to treat reds, browns, scars, acne, melasma, um, et cetera, skin rejuvenation, skin tightening, um, with a device that has no consumables. Uh, no social downtime for the patient um, and excellent clinical outcomes, um, you know, then the Advas is something that that's worth considering. Worth, worth um, checking out. Yep. And, and, it, and it really, and we, and we refer, refer to it as that foundational technology because it literally becomes the, the centerpiece of the laser practice. Um, and, and we can touch more on, on, uh, on that type of issue yeah. as we go on. Yeah, absolutely. I, I and I think we'll we'll get into that from multiple angles. Um, I mentioned at the beginning that you were <laughs> rugby player extraordinaire. I, I don't know that for a fact, but you did mention before we jumped on that you were going for a little R and R vacation where you were going to play in a rugby tournament, and which is interesting that rest and relaxation is rugby for you, which which I think says a lot about the personality and your size. I can tell on Zoom you're a big guy too. So. Um, um, so, uh, let's, let's kind of get into this a little bit because, um, we, you know, a, a, as I mentioned in the intro, we, we, we talk all the time, you know, a, a lot of the 
the talks that I give are in front of a lot of um, brand new new entrants into the aesthetic market. Most of them, not most of them, but a lot of them haven't even opened yet. And one of the questions they always have for us is, okay, what equipment do I choose, right? Do I, uh, you've got a lot of folks who say, you know, stick with injectables to start, kind of build up that patient base and then slowly make your way into, into devices. Others, uh, you know, I, I think you can go either way. You can, you can open up the Taj Mahal and have whatever you want, but, um, Let's kind of get into that from a from a kind of a startup perspective. When folks are looking at these devices like yours and, and like everything else on the market, they're they're obviously expensive. There's 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 a lot to be uh, learned about the technology and what they do. Um, but talk to me like I'm a like I'm a first timer and I'm trying to figure out what type of technology to add. What what, what do you say to me? What's the advice? Well, I think first and foremost, you know, if you're if you're putting on your consultant's hat there for a minute, right, is is really wanting to to ask and, and what is what are the goals that you have for the practice, right? What are the things you want to do? Where is your passion? If you're passionate about treating acne, okay, well then, then that's something we want to look at. If you're really passionate, you know, about about something else, you've got um, and a lot of times we find a lot of these passions are are driven by personal experience, right? Um, work yes, with a number of, uh, especially provider level, um, you know, medical spa owners that, you know, had their own experience, whether that was scarring, whether that was melasma, whatever it may be, something that really bothered them. So I think first and foremost is, is, is what is it, what is it that interests, you know, you as a business owner, but then also what is it that you can, um, build that foundation and that base off of, right? Um, I can't tell you how many times um, I run into someone who's just opened their spa within the last three to six months, and unfortunately, they were they were convinced that they needed a you know a, a CO two laser and a in a in a Pico type device you know as their first two purchases, and they spent two hundred fifty thousand um, dollars based on what a rep kind of mm-hmm. strongly suggested uh, that they move into. Uh, only to find out, you know, six months later that hey, wait a minute, these are these are great niche and add-on products um, and procedures. Two to three years down the line, when you've got when you've taken your clients and patients through that treatment um, program mm-hmm. and gotten that skin healthy enough, and now you're looking to do those those other type of um, refinements, if you will. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and so that's where, you know, I see a lot of um, a lot of, say, missteps, if you will. And they're and they're costly missteps. Right. Yeah. And you're talking, you know, now you're talking four or five thousand dollars a month, you know, on a lease payment uh, on something that you can't necessarily use every day. Mm-hmm. Right. And, you know, um, obviously, I'm, I'm a bit biased towards towards our product, but, um, you know, looking at something that literally is going to form that foundation where nine out of 10 people who walk through your door, you're going to be able to treat for something and mm-hmm. not just treat them. You're going to give them a great experience, right? Cause they're not going to have any downtime and they're going to leave better looking better than when they came in. Mm-hmm. So, so especially when you're starting, it's, I think that's, that's, that's sound advice. It's, it's something that can treat multiple multiple um, conditions that's going to give good results. It's going to be comfortable. Um, you, you know, you, you mentioned something that, I, that, that, you know, we, we always joke. And I think the first person who told me this was a laser rep. So I'm not, I'm not afraid to, to make the joke, but you know, the best way to get rid of a laser rep is to buy a laser. Um, but they tell yep. you, you know, Absolutely. They say all sorts of stuff about what it's going to do and, and, and how much money you're going to make and how the patients are going to, you know, flock in. And, and then, you know, the reality sometimes is, is not quite the same. I mean, when, when, when someone's looking at these things, I mean, what I, 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 I get that, you know, it's what type of practice do they want to be? But so let's assume, all right, we're looking at some sort of a multifunction device where we want to get, you know, a couple things in what, in terms of their, you know, where they are in their business, you know, what their, what their revenue is or uh, what the ROI is on the machine. Like what, what are some of the metrics and things that they should be looking at um, on the one hand? And then secondarily is, is what do they ask? What should people ask the laser reps for to, to kind of prove out that this is the right purchase for them? Yeah. So, so great question. Um, 
you know, there, there's there's a lot of um, convoluted ways, I think, to, to look at return on investment, right? Um, one of the one of my favorite doctors we work really really closely with, uh, Sunil Chilakuri, I think, really boils it down best. And he and I have this conversation a lot about <clears throat> really the the basics of, of boiling down your ROI is how much revenue do you need that room to generate? Mm-hmm. First and foremost, if you don't know. Don't buy anything <laughs> until you figure that out, right? If you've got three rooms in your medical spa and your your rent is X and your overhead for personnel is Y, well, factor all of those things in and know, I mean, we use a general metric of five to $600 an hour mm-hmm. is about the amount of revenue that that room needs to generate. Mm-hmm. And then you start to back your way into, okay, if I need to generate $600 an hour in that room to be profitable, what goes into that? Is there a consumable cost with that procedure? Right. Not only does that obviously um, affect the revenue or your profit, but the, the part that it gets overlooked with consumables a lot of times is the influence that that has on treatment decisions. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> if I'm treating a patient that I've already charged and they've bought a package of six treatments, they've paid, you know, say $3,600 for that package of six treatments. Um, well, if I've got a consumable cost and I get to a point and I look and I go, you know what, I'm really not at my clinical endpoint where I want to be with this patient. Mm-hmm. But that means I have to crack open another tip that mm-hmm. costs me another 50 to $200. Well, now all of a sudden you're starting to erode at that ROI and how much room, how much revenue that room needs to generate, you know, for you, right? So mm-hmm. it's, it's one of those things too that, that we really need to look for and dig in on those, um, you know, those type of costs, mm-hmm. um, you know, all the time we, we you know, uh, especially with the new medical spa owners, you know, we hear, well, how many patients are you going to send for us? What are you going to do for marketing support, et cetera? And, it, and it's very important. I don't want to minimize, you know, it is, it is definitely important that, you know, any company that you work with, you know, provides those basic support, right? I mean, from your social media posts now to office collateral and all those types of things, um, but it also can be a little bit, um, say, misleading in a way, too, that think that, hey, just because, you know, a lot of people have heard about a certain procedure, that that's going to translate into profitability for your practice. Right. Yeah. So, again, you got to go back through that and go, OK, well, how much is that? What am I going to have to charge if 15 other people within a five mile radius of me have this exact same procedure? What are they charging? What, not what the rep told me to charge. What is everybody else in my area charging? Right, right. I think, and that's no, sorry, yeah, sorry. So, go, go ahead. No, no, you're you're, you're fine. So, so that obviously just drives that. You know what's realistic, right? And then yeah. and then you have to start looking at those types of things. And and um, you know the the reality is is I think you can get a nice bump, uh, especially on some of these these. Um, devices that have done a pretty good job on consumer marketing, you can get a nice little bump for 30, 60 days. But I think as you know, you working so closely and you guys with, with your AmSquad members know the only sustainable marketing effort is going to come from the practice itself. Yeah. Right. And that's going to be, you know, um, based on a lot of grassroots marketing, right. Word of mouth marketing, which is still the strongest uh, indicator um, in our space. And, and how does that happen? Well, that happens with happy patients, right? That happens with patients that it didn't, you didn't, you didn't uh, put them in a lot of pain. They didn't have three, four, five days of downtime. And yeah. These things they're, they're going out to dinner that night and their, and their girlfriends, you know, or their partners are complimenting you, your skin looks amazing. You're glowing. What happened? Right. Yeah. So those are the types of things that that's what builds that grassroots type of, of buy-in and long-term sustainability. So I think it's, you know, we just have to, to. You want to factor all of those things in. Yeah, I. So a couple of things I want to I want to unpack there a little bit because I think you 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 made some interesting points that, um, which of course I just forgot as I was staring out the window. <laughs> no, um, the 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 first though that I think most people, not I think I know most people don't do, is the kind of backing into the 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 product investment decision by virtue of you know their overall business plan so you mentioned you know what they're passionate about right which obviously is key but then you're absolutely right like what 
what is the overhead that you need to meet in order to become a viable med spa? How long is that going to take? Right. So how you've got your room, I think, I think doing room per hour, you know, uh, per hour, per equipment, per hour, per provider, all of those things, um, are, are, are helpful. The, 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 Room per hour, I think, is per, is particularly helpful because it does kind of give you a baseline um, as to say this is generally what I need to get out of this particular room in order to make this make this work, um, and then you back into it from there. Um, so that's, I mean, that's easy to kind of say. It's maybe not as easy for folks for folks to do, especially when you've got. A lot of different companies telling you a lot of different things um, about how their their marketing is going to bring in people, how they're going to be great partners, how it's all going to be kind of hunky dory. People are going to walk right in the door. I think the biggest one of the biggest lessons I've learned from from talking to folks is that you're absolutely right. Nobody is going to get patients to come to your practice. Um, it, that is going to have to be done yourself. That there is no magic piece of machinery that's going to all of a sudden where you announce that you have it, people are going to line up outside the door. Um, um, but so with all that said, I mean, number one, is there anything else you can kind of think about that, 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 that folks should think about or, or what specifically should they ask these laser reps? Because that's, I think where most people get, get a little bit intimidated is they, 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 you know, they see kind of the, the bright and shiny object. They, they, they see the, they think about the money that's going to happen. And, and so they get kind of, um, you know, swept into this. What are how do they deal with these with with most laser reps, which are which are great, you know, honest people. But how do you do that? Like, what's the secret there? That makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think um, I think first and foremost is, you know, as I as as we teach our our um, representatives in the field to be good listeners. Mm -hmm. Right. Is is really if if take the to sit back and actually to, to listen and, and see where is, where are they steering you? Where are they taking that conversation? Are they gathering, are they asking you the questions to really learn about your business and why I said, Hey, what is it you're passionate about? Because I can know then, okay, where do we take this and what, and what stage are you at in your business development, right? If this mm -hmm. is your first device versus your fifth device, you're going to have some different uh, criteria there. But you know, one of the big, one of the big, um, kind of gotchas um, is ongoing warranty costs and ongoing service costs. Mm -hmm. um, and then, and then the way that, you know, um, some of the manufacturers in our space have, have gotten uh, a little bit sneaky, I'd say to, to put it nicely mm -hmm. um, in the way that they bury those costs. Right. So um, I was just at a, at a show this summer and, and I had a doctor walk over and, and who, the reason she ended up going with us versus one of our very well-known competitors was she said, well, I went over there and I did what you said. I asked what was my warranty cost year two and year three, and it was $25,000 a year. But the rep never told me that. They never factored that into my ROI. They never told me that. So, so I think it's important to don't make assumptions is the biggest one, right? Is mm -hmm. um, I hate to say it because, I mean, I run a sales organization, but – don't make the assumption that that sales rep necessarily has your best interest in heart until they show that they do. Mm -hmm. Right. Action, actions speak a lot louder than words. We say it's cliche, but, it, but it's true. Right. And, and that, um, you know, where are they, um, are they trying to push you into something and, and is it the right time? But then those really the, the, the warranty question, the service question, um, the consumable question, it's very obvious if you have a, a tip, for example, that you have to replace. It's not so obvious if you find out, you know, three months into your contract or agreement that, oh, hey, wait a minute, there's also going to be a per pulse count. Um, or once I go over a certain certain amount of um, energy level, et cetera, that, that, that then there's some other sort of consumable left. Um, there's a business model out there in the market right now that, that is pushing, you know, for, for providers to charge a thousand dollars, you know, per treatment and the manufacturer um, has a set fee of $500, no matter what. Mm -hmm. I know a lot of physicians looked at that. Well, oh, man, I don't have to buy a laser. They're partnering with me. Mm -hmm. But no, actually what they're doing is <laughs> they're using you to build their brand. And, and I'm sorry, but, um, a patient's not going to pay for the particular procedure I'm referring to that type of money. So you start getting into these situations where 
things may look really good um, on the surface, and it's just really important to peel, say, peel back the onion a couple layers and really see what we're what we're getting to, right? Yeah. Um, you know, uh, uh, and so th- those are where um, you know some things to ask. The, the other one is, you know, are they willing? Uh, what are they willing to do? Right? Um, are they willing to do a demo? Mm-hmm. If a company won't bring a product in for a demo, it's not because that they have such high demand that they just simply can't get you one. Mm-hmm. Okay. It's because they want to sell you on the marketing spend, the high, here's everything we're going to do, not the, hey, this is what the reality is when you have to do a nerve block or you have to numb a patient for 40 minutes and they're sitting in your waiting room. Oh, yeah, we didn't tell you you're going to need a space to stick them you know, away. Mm-hmm. Um, are you putting in a treatment room? Well, if you are, guess what? You're not generating any revenue while that patient's sitting there for mm-hmm. 40 minutes numbing, right? So there's all these things that, you know, these, these little things, especially, you know, if they're just, if a company is not willing to demo a piece of equipment for you, mm-hmm. that should be a, that should be a huge red flag. Yeah. I don't care how many installs they have. I don't care how many happy customers they tell you they have, put it in your hands, operate the device. Is it something that you or your esthetician nurse, whomever is going to do the treatments can get passionate about? Is it something that they're going to want to do? Because right. The reality is it doesn't matter how great a business person I am or you are as a med spa owner. If your staff is not enthusiastic and passionate about the the technology you buy and the treatments you offer, Mm -hmm. they're not going to sell them. You're not going to get all those upsells and cross sells and things that, you know, that that we talk about kind of going back to that that old school consulting role I I started in the business. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's you know, there's a lot there's just a lot that that goes into it that. You want to you want to weed out the uh, the reps that that uh, you know you buy something and you never hear from them again. Mm-hmm. Um, ask them to come in and do a demo. Mm-hmm. Um, if they get aggressive, if they push back, if they can't tell you how many doctors I've worked with that literally were were almost intimidated, you know, to into buying something because they're they're told you're you're going to fail, you're you're not going to make it, and. Mm-hmm. How did, you know, it's, it's almost insulting that you would ask us to come in and show you how this works. Look how many, you know, we have this and we have this. Okay. That's great. Just come in and show me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I don't, first of all, I don't think any, I mean, if, if there's any type of intimidation factor or any type of pressure to buy anything, I'm always telling folks that that's a, a red flag. Um, um, so a couple things you, you mentioned, um, maintenance and, and the warranty and, and I, that's kind of a huge you know, I don't know that it's always a hidden cost, but it's but it definitely can be um, because these things are, you know, this this technology is very sensitive and delicate and, you know, and things things break, things wear out. It, it's it's you know, you're not going to buy a piece of machine, machinery for one hundred fifty two hundred thousand dollars and not have you know potentially some issues. Is there any kind of rule of thumb that, that, that folks should, should, should know as far as, all right, you know, I, I should be getting the warranty or how much the warranty should cost or what's kind of the, or how long, you know, what's a typical kind of downtime if a machine does break? Or should you expect to get it up right away? I mean, just kind of some of those things, assuming there's, there's, there's problems. How do we educate folks on what to ask to, to make sure that the, 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 they can have a, a functioning machine in the event that something happens? Yeah, absolutely. So, um, you know, on, on the front end, I mean, your uh, kind of industry standard, if you will, um, has been approximately 10% of the, the list price mm-hmm. on a device is, is what, from a manufacturing side, you know, we typically assign to, say, a yearly warranty cost, right? So you spend $200,000 on something, expect to pay 20000 a year in warranty going forward. Mm-hmm. Now, um, I will tell you that um, if a, if a company, um, a, a lot, most companies in our space have structured themselves so that their service department is a profit center. Right. right. I mean, that's, that's, you know, um, we've taken a different approach to that, though, the way we do things, but, um, but really, so if you look at what is, what is that cost that they want to assign to that? What are they willing to do for you on the front end? Are they willing to roll in? three, four, five years of warranty up front. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. If they're not, that's fine, but understand there's a reason for that, right? Mm-hmm. Um, 
there's a reason why they want to charge you twenty, twenty-five thousand dollars a year, you know, ongoing and and perpetuity until you no longer want that device, right? right? Um, and that's because one, they know they're going to have some issues. Look, we all have issues. I mean, our device, even though it's completely solid state, I mean, of course, it's a laser, right? You're going to have you're going to have a problem here and there. Um, but is that company confident enough um, in the product? And I can tell you, um, they're not charging twenty five thousand a year for warranty because they didn't they didn't get their margin on the front end. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right, right. Um, right. You know, lasers are are inherently more expensive to build and maintain than a radio frequency or energy based energy based device. I mean, right. that's just I think you know most most people know that. Um, you know, so I think there's you know there's those things. Um, those things you want to keep in mind, you know, for sure, um, on how they're positioning that. Hey, folks, it's Alex Tiersch here, and I want to give a quick shout out to our sponsors for this podcast, Seymour Design. I want you all to think a little bit about interior design for the next minute or two, because the design of your med spa is very important. And what many people don't realize is that the design of your interior of your med spa, the colors, the layout, things like that actually influences revenue and profitability. Are you outgrowing your practice, but feel reluctant just thinking about the stress of expanding or moving to a new space, finding a new location, designing a new office, moving your patients to another building? All of this can be overwhelming, but it doesn't have to be. The secret is to do it once and to do it right, and to ensure that you're designing for profitability by enlisting the help of experts. With over a decade of experience designing highly profitable medical spaces, Seymour Design provides intentional interior design services to support your medical spa's success. Plus, Seymour offers AmSpa members a complimentary 45-minute interior design consultation, as well as a basic space assessment, which is amazing. Book your consultation today at www.seymourdesign.com, which is S-I-M-O-U-R design.com, or get the latest updates and design tips by following them on Instagram at Seymour Design. And make sure you mention that you heard about it on the AmSpa podcast, Medical Spa Insider. Thanks so much. Another thing you mentioned was, the, we talked a little bit about marketing. Um, there's also kind of the competition in your area and the pricing and, and you know, the reps will come in and they'll, they'll tell you, look, if you do, you know, you buy this laser, you really only need, you know, within 60 days, you're going to have make major money back, right? They tend to kind of, that's kind of one of the things that they always say is that within however many of patients, if you just get five patients a month, you know, within a year, you're going to be, you know, profitable, whatever it is. Um, the what what med spas charge though for these treatments is 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 not really what you know the rep is saying but what the market is is how does do 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 laser reps typically share kind of what all of their 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 customers are in a particular location I mean, and how does a med spa say okay i want to figure out what i can actually charge for this um because it's it's not so easy as just to say all right i'm gonna you know search into google because there's so many different types of these lasers and brands and um so how do folks figure out what to actually how to price this so that they can they can calculate their roi based upon room charges and things like that yeah i mean i think uh you know obviously there's you're gonna look at multiple kind of sources right for for that information i think um you know, there is, there's what the rep tells you. Now I can tell you like for, for our team, for example, you know, uh, we have one physician in the United States that charges $1,100 per treat. Mm-hmm. That is an outlier, right? Mm-hmm. Um, that is not the national average. Um, and from our perspective, I tell my team, I say, if you want to share that share, it, but you damn sure better qualify it and let them know that that's at the extreme high end of a, a Durham cosmetic surgeon office that, he charges that because he can get it. Right. Okay. Right. Um, but really looking at, so, so I think that I think you're right in that, you know, Google can, can be a little bit of a, a landmine out there trying to figure out what people are charging. Um, I, I would, you know, I like to, I like to see, you know, if I look and go, Hey, look, our national average is right at 620, 625 per treatment. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, I like to think that everyone else 
is being audits when they tell you what the, what the national average is on treatment. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think they're probably within a ballpark. But even with that, take that number and, and you know, um, one, I would ask, okay, great, Travis, if you say $1,100 per treatment, what's the low end? Right. right. So one, just ask another question. What's right. that's great. Okay. Is that, and, and then take the low, take the high, take that average, slice it by about 20, 25%. And you're probably right at about where, you know, what's realistic. And right. that's not a very scientific approach to it. Other than that's just based on years of experience to going, okay, well, you know, if a rep tells me $800 in treatment, eh, it's probably closer to six. Right. 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 No, that, I mean, that makes that makes sense. I, I think that's, that's a, that is, I mean, this podcast has been worth it just for that piece of information right there. <laughs> um, is there a, um, and, and I know this question varies, uh, based upon the type of a treatment, you know, what your, you know, what the device is, what you're charging market, all that kind of thing is, is one of the kind of arguments we get into, um, is, 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 a lot of folks start off with inject. I mean, everyone does injectables. Most people start off with injectables and, you know, you talk about, okay, what's the, you know, what are the margins uh, with injectables versus the margins for lasers or energy devices? Um, is, is there any kind of a rule of thumb? Like you mentioned, okay, your average nationwide um, cost per treat or charge per treatment is six fifty. Is Is there any type of an average or anything you can, you can point to to like what folks should expect? Back to be making margin wise, either as a percentage or, or otherwise, from um, a laser treatment. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, it, it does, and I mean, I think it's it's. Um, I don't have a great answer for you. Yeah. Uh, as far as as far as just to hey, look at this at, at a percentage on a margin, right? Yeah. Um, but it really comes back down to, uh, and I'm a simple guy, right? You mentioned I'm a rugby player. I've, I've bashed my head into, into things a lot of times. So I, I have to keep things simple to, uh, to keep them straight, right? I always go back to that. I, I, my default is always I go back to that, that uh, revenue per hour on the run, okay. right? Because at the end of the day, it doesn't matter if I'm making 20% or if I'm making 90% margin. If I'm not making that revenue per room rate, it really doesn't matter because I'm not making any money, mm-hmm. right? And so I always take it back to that and go, okay, what is, you know, if I need to, like I said, if I need to generate, say, on average $600 an hour out of that room, you know, what is it that I actually need to to charge, right? Um, and you work off of that and, and, you know, most places yeah. will say, okay, well, for that hour, it's going to cost me 100 bucks in tech time and gauze pads and gel and whatever else. Okay, um, so I look at our specific technology and say, "Hey, look, you should be anywhere from three to five hundred dollars an hour should kind of be your profit margin." Gotcha. Right? Um, now, obviously, if you've got a consumable in there, you've got to you've got to factor that in. You may charge more if that's the case. Okay, great. Um, I think we're seeing the trend um, today. You know, especially with some of our more, more say convoluted markets. Um, microneedle RF, for example, ton mm-hmm. of great technology for what it's what it's intended for. Mm-hmm. You know, new collagen growth, wrinkling, skin tightening. It's really good, mm-hmm. um, but it's got a consumable cost, and mm-hmm. that consumable cost is all over the board, right? Depending mm-hmm. on which flavor you decided was right for you. Mm-hmm. Um, and so then, you know, it's really important to just go back and and um, and make sure that we're we're factoring um, factoring that in. Mm-hmm. I always look at if if um, most companies here's a, if we want to really put, pull the curtain back. Yeah, um, oh, we do. There, there's there's there, there's a reason why almost every ROI, every laser energy based device rep will go through with you. Will show you that hey, if you treat one patient a month, or if you sell one package a month, you're going to break even. Mm-hmm. Every day, I mean, I don't know of a company out there that doesn't that you know doesn't say that. And sometimes it's legit, and sometimes you know it's not. Um, I think we're where um, where we can be, say, as an industry, a little bit misleading. Mm-hmm. Um, and we talk about this treatment time and, and all these other costs, et cetera. 
is, um, I'm sorry, this room time, et cetera, is really is we get lost sometimes in the hype of speed of treatment, right? Mm -hmm. So somebody come in and go, well, I could do a full facial treatment in less than 10 minutes. Mm -hmm. So awesome. But your patient didn't come to the doctor's office with the idea of let me get in and out of here as quick as possible so I can go to, to, to my, you know, lunch with the ladies or whatever it is they have planned that day, right? Mm -hmm. They're coming to the medical spa, spa, Mm -hmm. (laughs) because they want want to be pampered, right? They want to be catered to. They want an experience. And guess Mm -hmm. what? If you create that experience, they're going to come back and they're Mm -hmm. going to tell their friends. Mm -hmm. Well, part of that experience when you're, you know, paying anywhere from, you know, five to, to $700 for a treatment, you know, if you're in and out of there, you can't, you can't, have that patient in and out of that room in 10 minutes and then feel good about it. Right. You know, right. Um, I think we all know, even if, even if that treatment only lasts five, 10 minutes, well, what are you going to do? You're going to be in that room for at least half an hour to 45 minutes because you're going to be, you know, pampering, doing a facial, doing something. I mean, there's all, you know, all these little add-ons, right. Which, um, you know, so I think it's, it's something too that, um, as consumers get more educated and, and start asking more questions, right? It's, it's, and again, that really what it comes down to is, is just knowing the questions to ask, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Wow. That's awesome. That treatment only takes 10 minutes. Well, how long do, how, what's the typical, how long typically do um, providers book the block for that room? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. And if you're going to have to do lotions and potions and something else for another 20 minutes to, to make that person feel like they got that experience they wanted, mm-hmm. well, you dang sure better factor that into your ROI and your costs on that treatment. Well, because at that point it becomes a de facto consumable. Right. Right. No, I, I, I think that's super helpful. The, um, one of the things that, that, that stuck some stuck in my mind is, you know, and again, we're always looking for benchmarks and generalizations, and it's not always true, not always possible. But the 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 three to five hundred dollar profit margin per hour, I thought was was you know I can you know that's not going to happen every time, but but I think that's that's um that's super helpful. Um, anything else as far as um red flags that you can kind of think of that, 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 that folks should be just uh, aware of when they're looking at these things where they should maybe take a step back. And, and, and one of the things I always hear about is the, when it comes to pricing is, Oh, you get, you know, we got the special, we're going to do it right now. You better, you better close on this. Otherwise it's going to go away. And people always, you know, there's, so there's that, that, that kind of pressure and anything else you can think of um, with respect to red flags when it comes to buying. No, I mean, I, I think the the um, one of the big ones we touched on already was, you know, are they willing to demo for you? Because yeah. that says a lot, yeah. right? Um, the ask the warranty questions, ask yeah. the service questions. Hey, if my device goes out of warranty, is out of warranty for two weeks or 30 days, do I have the ability to still extend that warranty? You know, mm-hmm. um, that feeds back into what is the value of that relationship, right? For me... One of my customers forgets to renew their warranty, uh, and our devices come with anywhere from a three to five year warranty, by the way. But if they decide they forget to renew at day, you know, thirty five when their warranty extends, well, of course we're going to offer them extended warranty. Mm-hmm. I mean, come on, we're not again. But again, it's it's are they structured for to uh, to be a profit center or to be a service? Gotcha. Right. Um, but I think you know those things. I mean, I think definitely. Um, you know, asking the questions um, about, hey, is there any sort of ongoing, um, any sort of ongoing cost as far as in that regard? Um, you know, it sounds really obvious, but making sure it doesn't hurt to ask, hey, is there any sort of per pulse charge with this at any mm-hmm. point? Um, because again, the things I'm, I'm horrible. I always, I apologize to my sales team all the time. But I'm like, look, I know what I'm about to say and ask is obvious, but if I don't say it. It's kind of like with my kids. If I don't say this to you and then you go do it, then mm-hmm. I've got nobody to blame but me for not saying anything, right? Mm-hmm. So if you don't ask, yeah, don't get mad if they didn't tell you, right? Yeah. Um, because that's not, I mean, at the end of the day, that's not how they make their living, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. And, you know, so, um, you know, I think the, the, the pricing pressure game 
you know, the reality is on, on our side of the business, on the manufacturing side of the business, we're all under pressure to hit a number at a month, hit a number in a quarter, right. a year, et cetera. Um, the reality is the deal that you're offered at the end of Q2, you could still get three weeks later. Yeah. Yeah. They still need this. They still need the sale. Right. Right. Um, it's part, it's, it's, it's the psych- the psychological gymnastics that we all go through with each other. Right. You want to feel like you want to feel like you're getting the best deal. You know, I want to get the deal done. Yeah. Okay. Whatever those parameters are, we need to get it done into where everybody feels good. You know, yeah. great. Let's, let's do it. Right. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, there's, there's a little bit of, of gamesmanship, I think, that goes into that. Um, you know, um, yeah. so that was, that, that's one where it's, it's, you know, the, the timing, you know, timing is everything in life, right? So timing mm-hmm. needs to, to, be, to be right. Yeah. Um, now, the flip side of that is, too, is I think, you know, we work really hard. I mean, we, with, with our team of being very intentional about, Hey, look, we don't want to be the laser rep that you never hear from again. Right. Right. We want to be, you know, we want to take this really this consultant's role of what are you trying to accomplish and are we a good fit? Are we not a good fit? Right. Um, and you know, but, but under, understand that, um, Unfortunately, not most sales reps may not have your best interest at heart. Yeah, and you have to know that, and you and it doesn't need to be an adversarial relationship, but you need to ask the questions. Yeah, right. And, and I think what it comes down to a lot of times is is especially new um, medical spa owners just don't know all the questions to ask. Yeah, yeah. It's well, and you know, everybody has their own perspective and their own interests, and that's to be expected. So. Um, we're, so we've been, we've been talking for, gosh, going on 40 minutes. We're, we're, we're going to be bumping up on, on time here in, in a second. So I, I do want to, I would love to get your perspective, um, on just kind of the industry at large. You've been, you've been, you said, you know, for 20 years in, in aesthetics and then, you know, in, in, you know, devices and, and lasers and energy devices for, for 15, 17 years. So you've been through it and you've seen the industry kind of grow, evolve and change. Um, what, I mean, looking back on things, I mean, how has specific to energy devices, I mean, what do you notice that is, that is most different now from kind of early two thousands and, and whether it's for better or for worse and, and, and just kind of the corollary to that is, is what do you, you know, what do you like about this industry? Um, and, and what's kind of been, you know, what, what's kind of been the, the, the longstanding appeal for you? Yeah, great. Um, so, you know, I think, I think from a evolution standpoint, um, you know, we've, we've really, I think we're starting to find a sweet spot between, you know, it used to be that, I mean, if you remember back in the day, you know, a full field CO2 resurfacing was the gold standard, right? Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, quite honestly, it is still the gold standard as far as you want the absolute best, right. you know, uh, rejuvenation treatment you're going to get. But the wound care, the downtime, I mean, we've all seen the horrible, you know, oozing pictures Ugh. and things like that. Yeah. And, and we've, we've really evolved away from this idea that um, the more downtime, the better almost in a way Um, that we, that we do have to, Hey, we have to equal surgical results, which means massive downtime to the point where I think from, um, and really from a consumer driven standpoint of going, Hey, people don't really, they want results. They demand results, but what they really want is results without downtime. Right. Right. And so I think that's the, probably the biggest change, you know, I've seen, um, you know, over the years. Um, and then from a, I mean, that'd be a positive change from a, say a little bit of one of the things I don't like that I've seen is we, we have a tendency and I say we as, as manufacturers, right. Mm -hmm. As to, um, almost try to create markets that may or may not exist. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, this huge demand that um, tattoo removal had its place. But if you remember, I mean, that was, oh, my God, if you don't have a tattoo removal yeah. laser, how can you stay in How can you stay in business? Yeah. Right. Well, 
as we all know, that didn't really happen, right? People actually like their tattoos. Yeah. And yeah, you could, you might build a nice little niche business over here off of that. Um, maybe you get a contract doing tattoo removal for a prison system. If that's your gig, great, <laughs> go for it. I mean, as we know, there's people who do that. Or, yeah. um, but but I look at it, there's things like that. And then and then so we've had a, a, um, a bad habit, I think, of, you know, trying to create sometimes these markets to mm-hmm. match a technology we have. Um, mm-hmm. And then if you look at when that doesn't quite work out, then we start looking for all these other things that a, a technology that we invested, you know, tens or hundreds of millions of dollars in developing. Uh, well, what else can it do? Let's find something out. Now let's position it for this. Now let's position it for this. Now right. let's position it for that. And there's not truly an evolution. There wasn't a lot of R&D put back into that. It was a marketing spend to go, shit, we tapped mm-hmm. out on that market. Now what do we do with this thing? Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. So let's convince everybody that now it's for this. Right. Um, and so that's, you know, one, one thing, um, you know, for what it's worth, I always, I always look at too is, hey, let's, let's um, what was the technology designed to do in the first place? Let's not try to make it right. into something it's not. Yeah. Right. Because it's not going to it's not going to shine. Um, and then as far as, you know, my my appeal in the industry is funny. I went from, you know, early on, uh, gosh, probably first five years of my career was like, yeah, I'm in aesthetics. You know, it's like it was not something, you know, because mm-hmm. I, I kind of looked at it and went, yeah, we're in medical sales and, and medical consulting. But really, I mean, it's not life or death. We're not curing cancer. We're not. Yeah. Now, yeah. My perspective, my perspective has changed on that, you know, over the years as I got older and wiser and became a dad and started mm-hmm. raising, you know, uh, teenage daughters, et cetera. You know, you start to see things, you know, like acne, for example. Um, I mean, our, we're fortunate. One of the things that actually really attracted me to go to come into work for Advilite was we had a platform that could not only help with all the cosmetic aesthetic stuff that you did like, you know, mm-hmm but could also provide some, some life changing treatments for people. Yeah. Right. And, you know, because as we know, I mean, something like acne or scarring, you know, Mm -hmm. is a, I mean, that's debilitating, not only physically, but emotionally and psychologically. Yeah. Right. And so if, if that's where, what kind of keeps me passionate about the industry now is, you know, not, Hey, can I, can I, you know, help the the 45 year old housewife that wants to look like she's 40. Okay. That's great. Really though. What is it is, Mm -hmm. can I help that 17 year old girl that's embarrassed to leave the house every day? Can we do something for her? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's, that's, that's where that's, that's kind of my why, if you will, as as far as staying in aesthetics. No, I love it. I think, I think that's, that's, that's really astute. And, 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 you know, it's, it's really whenever we talk to folks about, who truly love aesthetics. It, it always comes back to that. It doesn't necessarily have to be the 17 year old. It could be the 45 year old, but they just the, making somebody feel better, right? Having more confidence, um, being able to, you know, you can offer life changing, life changing treatments. Um, this has been great. Travis, I really appreciate you kind of opening up uh, the curtain and, and showing us some of the stuff behind. Where can folks learn more about um, Advilite and, and, and what you do and your product um, and, and kind of what's the, so what's the, what's the place folks can go to, 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 to figure out, um, how to, uh, that was a poorly asked question. <laughs> Where can folks go to figure out, get more information about your product? Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, website is the best place. It's a uh, www.advalite, like it sounds, A-D-V-A, L-I-G-H-T.com. Um, we do a number of, uh, workshops, things around the country, uh, that are focused as well. So um, we're very active on Instagram, uh, AdvaTX, um, uh, LinkedIn, and Facebook. So you can find us in, in any of those social channels as well. And again, this is kind of like a like a it's it's like a base base platform that 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 really does does more than one treatment. So you're not it's not just going to be a a, a a special thing. It's kind of a it's kind of a, 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 a like this is one of the workhorses of your practice. Is, is that is that fair? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we're, you know, again, we, we look at, refer to it as, as foundational technology. Foundational you know, technology. We've got 25 FDAC cleared, uh, clearances, um, skin types one through five. Um, you know, so, and, and again, that ranges everything from vascular to acne to scars to melasma, uh, wrinkle reduction, et cetera. So, um, 
Yeah, and, and the nice thing about the about the Advent TX is it's it's versatile, but the unique thing is the two different wavelengths that we use: five eighty nine yellow, thirteen nineteen infrared, um, are designed for the job that we're asking them to do. Mm-hmm. Right? Um, we're not trying to, you know. Um, I will tell you that as a standalone modality. There are things that work better than 13, 19 nanometer wavelength on periorbital wrinkles as a standalone. Okay. But I will also tell you that through the course of a patient coming in and getting treated for, say, rosacea, we're treating those cheeks and we're working up around the eyes. Because of the mechanism of action we have with, with the two different wavelengths, they're going to clear that rosation at the same time. The pores are going to be shrunk. They're going to get a little lift and they're going to mm-hmm. get some wrinkle reduction right, right. out of that as well. Right. So again, it's just that overall patient experience that, that we're delivering. Um, and, and that would, you know, um, that would be one other thing I would, um, I would encourage anyone to ask your sales rep, not, not only what is this really good at, but what is it not so great at? Yeah. That's a good question. And if they and if they tell you it is the best for everything, yeah. Well, run away. Yeah, because right? that's impossible. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Awesome, Travis. I I, I really appreciate it. Um, good stuff. Uh, we'll we'll have to have you back and test some of your theories. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go ask some of these questions to my laser reps and see see what they say. <laughs> <laughs> right, but I appreciate yeah, thank, it. Thank you for having me. Of course, go bang your head. We'll we'll check in on you after. All right, All right thank take you. care. Thanks for joining us this week with the American Med Spa Podcast, Medical Spa Insider. This week, founder Alex Tiersch was joined by Travis Mahan from Advalite, who is the Global Sales and Marketing Vice President and Advalite President in the United States. If you're new with us, click on the subscribe button, then receive new content when it happens. Leave a rating and a review. See you on our next episode.